Do you smell what the rock is cooking? Tree Hill Wrestling Federation Podcast, Episode 2. And what we like to do here at the Tree Hill Wrestling Federation Podcast is we obviously like to join, conjoin, combine, amalgamate wrestling with One Tree Hill. That is the entire point the we entire are here. The entire fucking point. The entire point we're here. So, of course, as you just heard our wonderful intro where we take Gavin DeGraw's banger and add a little bit of wrestling woo flair to it. Oh, Lord. The titles for each episode were taking from the episode title from One Tree Hill and trying to sizzle a little steak sauce of some wrestling onto it. What do we do for the last episode? <laughs> steak sauce? Steak sauce. Steak sauce makes everything better. Wow. Yeah. HP. Not steak. Depends you just on how much. Season a steak. Well, unless Depends it's on... a really bad cut and it's overdone, then you need sauce. You also have to. Sometimes you want to marinate it with some steak sauce. Mm. Put it in the fridge, brother. Have it overnight. Marinate it in Coca Cola. Oh, why would you ever fucking do that? Or tender. That's the worst fucking and shit juicy. I've ever heard in my it's life. It's so good. That's terrible. As I was saying, the first episode we went Scott for the title because obviously everyone is going for titles in wrestling, or at least they should be, trying to be. Should be. Should be, for the most part. Scott, what was the original One Tree Hill title for that? There was no Scott title. The, it was just the pilot. Just so the pilot. Okay. The, how right. I bought Scott for the title is there's a part where... Nathan and Lucas shooting winning baskets at the same time, yeah. just at very different. Like Lucas was at the river court and Nathan was in his school gym. And so they shoot the winning basket and mouth says Scott for the win. Scott for the title. I like it. So with episode two, the places you have come to fear the most was the original One Tree Hill episode two title. Mm -hmm. How do we amalgamate wrestling into it? The mankind you have come to fear the most. Mm, mankind you, is greasy. You have come to fear mankind. N it's not a fear. No. It's just like, a, bro, you're weird. <laughs> bro, um, you're fucking weird. I mean, we oh, take a shot. Aaron, <laughs> it's a new drinking game, guys. We established in episode one, mankind is literally a lop of brown shit in the ring. But he doesn't wrestle like a lop of brown shit. He's pretty pretty talented guy. Uh, he takes ridiculous bumps, and you'll see going forward. His voice is annoying. His voice? Yeah. The sounds he makes when he's wrestling. I know it's also... Yeah. Yeah, no. It doesn't do it for him. 
that's that's mankind mcfoley in pretty much every single match he ever wrestled why yeah it's not cute maybe it's not as annoying for you as oh, oh yes! fuck no you're not gonna get me in that shark cage undertaker yet he got him in by just <laughs> stepping into the fucking ring but if the undertaker was chasing you down and all you had to do to get away from him was go into a cage and lock yourself in, you would probably do it. Couldn't he just jump out the other side of the ring? He's 350 pounds. <laughs> He's going to do that faster than the undertaker. Uh, yeah, but the undertaker was moving pretty slowly. He was undertaker, doing the intimidated like crawl, intimidating crawl. But he's methodical. He's like Mike Myers. He's slow. He's plotting. He's not super fast. He stalks. He so apparently we're getting into his this opponents. now. <laughs> Out of order. <laughs> no, we're just going over, you know, because I had to name drop Paul Bear because I know how much you love him. And fucking we just love me. Paul Bear here at the Tree Hill Wrestling Federation no. podcast. So please no. make sure you subscribe, like all the podcast streaming services, Spotify, social media, social media at Tree Hill WF dot podcast, Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Radio, iHeartRadio. Deezer. Uh, Deezer. <laughs> Deez Nuts. Deez oh Radio's God. Nuts. Whatever fucking streaming service you have, we are on it. Except for Google Podcasts. We're still figuring that one out. Still trying to figure out some it's shit. It's being weird. It's Google. What do you expect? I've been trying, okay? So please share it up on all the platforms you can so we're gonna get right into it so each episode we're gonna kind of go back and forth so the last episode we started out with recapping the first episode of one tree hill the pilot and then we moved on to the november 11th 1996 episode of monday night raw so this time episode two we'll do a little switcheroo here we're gonna start it off with the next show which is a pay-per-view you know that aaron loved watching three hours that's rude okay one tree hill episodes are like 45 minutes minutes. long why am i watching a three hour pay-per-view it should be like Okay, I watched a three-hour pay-per-view. You need to watch three more episodes of One Tree Hill. Unfortunately for you, that is not the format. So (laughs) I don't like this. We're going to start out with the November 17th, 1996 edition of WWE's Survivor Series emanating from New York City, from Madison Square Garden. What are your experiences with Madison Square Garden? Like, have you ever seen any kind of sporting events come from there? Have you heard? What sports do I watch? Let's be real. Hockey. That's about it. (laughs) And not very much at that. No. But Madison Square Garden, definitely the world's most famous arena. So many things have happened there. I didn't even know there was an arena there. Get out of here. I did not. The world's most famous arena. WWF, WWE, whatever, ran it all the time. They're in New York territory. So they ran it all the time. Huge sporting events. Everything has happened at Madison Square Garden over the years. Okay. But the Survivor Series in 1996 started there. And we have a bunch of matches. Survivor Series originally started as a team-based five-on-five uh, elimination style matchup pay-per-view where all the matches on the pay-per-view would be elimination style now we're in 1996 where only a few of the matches are elimination style and then you have the three big 
singles one-on-one matches, thus being Mankind versus Undertaker, mm-hmm. Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Bret the Hitman Hart, and the world title match, Psycho Sid versus Shawn Michaels. But before we get to all that, we have to start off with the beginning of the show, emanating from Madison Square Garden, the first match on the card. Just like the last episode of Monday Night Raw, the first guys to come out was who? <laughs> Owen Hart and Tassel Boots. <laughs> <laughs> Owen Hart, only at this time a one-time Slammy Award winner. Did you notice that Slammy Award that he was bringing to the ring with them? <laughs> no, he, I did he, not. He was that. holding a gold little statue on his way to the ring. And I wasn't even high, guys. Mm, not this time. And he, he came He didn't let me. No. And he came out with his tag team partner, the World Tag Team Champions. Tassel Boots. Mr. Tassel Boots, sweet little princess, apparently British Bulldog. And so they teamed up. So by this point it was a 4 on 4, so 8 man elimination style tag team match. Owen and Bulldog with their partners, the New Rockers, Marty Janetti on a heel team. <laughs> Marty Genitalia. <laughs> Marty Genitalia or Party Marty, as we always like to call him. I like Marty Genitalia. Party better. Marty Genitalia, maybe. No. <laughs> and his tag team partner, who was it? Nissan Leaf Cassidy. <laughs> Nissan Leaf Cassidy. It's funny because we used to have a Nissan Leaf that Sean called Leaf Cassidy. Exactly. And their opponents are the first appearance of Doug Furness and Philip LaFon. And they're teaming up with the Godwins. Aren't they the lame fuckers? The lame fuckers? Yeah. Like the, I don't know the they hog just, farmers with the overalls. The yes, but not those guys. The guys that just had like the fucking underwear. The like blue. they had nothing fancy. Yeah, they were kind of lame. So that's Furnace and Lafon. So they started out pretty hot. They were in All Japan Pro Wrestling for a little while. They came over, and this was their first ever appearance, first ever match with WWE. Okay, so they weren't like really getting into the fancy WWE WWF glitter juice glitter juice (laughs) they definitely did not put glitter juice on anything they did because they were very straightforward we wear blue underwear and we wrestle we Uh. don't talk we're very lame they're great in the ring like uh, we'll go through this match like there's some pretty good spots honestly they're very good in the ring a couple real nice release german suplexes couple of nice reverse suplexes off the top rope there's some good moves for sure great in the ring but no glitter juice. <laughs> Did you also notice that one of the Godwins, the guys in the overalls, the hog farmer guys, they're hog <laughs> the farmers. Hillbillies. The hillbillies. And their manager is Hillbilly Jim, who also used to be a wrestler. Mm-hmm. And he had a intro song, like his theme music was Don't Go Messing With a Country Boy. Don't go messing with a country boy, country boy, country boy. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> And the Godwins also used that theme. But on the WWE Network, they don't have the rights to that song. So they actually had to put like some other weird like banjo hillbilly music to it. But did you find it funny that Henry O. Godwin's initials are hog? I mean, it's wrestling. Of course. Of course it would be. Of course. Sidebar, your initials actually have like a really great wrestling ring to them. EJK. <laughs> he used that. EJK. EJK. 
It sounds great, honestly. You could be a wrestler if you wanted to. No, thanks. Why not? You'd be great. No, I wouldn't. You can work a match with Paul Bear. It would be awesome. <gasps> You'd lay the no. smack down on his candy ass. It would be great. Well, yeah, I'd love to kick his ass, but yeah. I don't want to hear him. Can I, like, muzzle him? You could. So this tag team match, four on four elimination, it went pretty back and forth. But, of course, just like on that episode of Monday Night Raw, what tactics do <laughs> owen bulldog and the new rockers like to utilize in their match dr bitch distraction <laughs> i think we need like a we definitely have to record a dr bitch distraction like a promo for that or like a sound bite for that i think that would oh, be Lord. pretty great <laughs> but yes the dr bitch distraction as we're gonna call it not the dmd but the dbd the dr <laughs> bitch distraction oh my god every tag team match has it every heel tag team will use it it is bestowed it is the dbd okay so this match is definitely a spirited affair henry godwin eliminated party marty genitalia with the <laughs> slop drop oh lord you would predict that a hog farmer would use a finishing move called the slop drop. It sounds just disgusting. No <laughs> they, thanks. They bring out a bucket of slop to That's every match. So gross. And then they throw it on their opponents. That's so disgusting. Why? It's slop. Ugh. And Owen Hart, just right after, eliminated the hog farmer, Henry O. Godwin, with the spinning heel kick. I Owen Hart's spinning heel kick, his enziguri, like, guy was just a legend. He was so good in the ring. Next, the hog farmer's brother, Phineas, is eliminated by... Tassabus! Yes, British Bulldog eliminates Phineas Godwin, and then Phil LaFon eliminated Nissan Leaf Cassidy with a reverse top rope suplex that actually looked quite nice. Then... The worst part of the match, babe. My poor sweet little princess. Philip Lafon eliminated <sighs> the British Bulldog. Poor guy. Poor tassel boots. So sad that this had to happen so early in this match that Bulldog was gone so quickly. A tag team champ and just takes the L just like that and he's gone. Mm, R.I.P. Yeah. Finally, it comes down to a two-on-one, the faces, Furnace and LaFon, two-on-one on Owen Hart. And Owen takes the L at the end. Surprisingly enough, Furnace and LaFon, they get the big win in their first match blue ever. Blue panties, boys. Blue, blue <laughs> panties, boys. <laughs> Furnace and LaFon. Another really nice release German suplex with Doug Furnace. I was quite impressed again. They have got great moves, great moveset zero charisma unfortunately but yeah nice release german but how much do you love vince mcmahon's commentary here so we haven't established the commentary team of vince mcmahon jim ross and jerry the king lawler vince mcmahon with his vince isms just all <laughs> over this show unbelievable this was but, the first time i really noticed it i think yeah like when we did last episode, we I didn't really notice it that much. I mean, an hour two in, and you're starting to notice the trend. I'm starting to recognize his voice. Is the thing? Yeah, 
the what a maneuver. I mean, oh, that Lord. that's all over this show. And 100% the best Vinceism. One, two, three, he got no. Wow. Always with the false finish. Vince you could McMahon. be an actor, a voice actor. Oh, really? Mm. I don't know. You we'll do see. lots of voices. I can't. I fail at voices. I do voices here and there. You do. I got a Mike a Tyson. Lot. I got a, a Bubbles from Shirley Park Boys. A little Vince McMahon here. A little Hulk You're no Hogan Will there. Sasso, but. I'm, not Will, I'm no Will Sasso. I'm no free, free Will <laughs> Sasso, but I, I do a few voices here and there. No, it's free Will. Free Will. Free Will Sasso. <laughs> so good. Shout out to Will Sasso. Dudesy. We move now to the backstage area. Oh, I thought you were have... going to say One Tree Hill part. No. <laughs> Wishful thinking on my part. Yes, no, we're, we're not even scratching the surface yet of Survivor Series 1996. Dang we move to the backstage area, a very dimly lit, dark part of the arena. No lights. Who could it be behind the mic? Mankind Ew. and Paul. Ugh, worse, worse than mankind. Bearer. <laughs> oh yes, no. my mankind. No. I'm not getting in that cage, Undertaker. They didn't put him upside down, and I'm disappointed. Ah, very, if you listen to the first episode, I mean, I don't understand why Monday Night Raw they had a dummy of him in the shark cage, but he was upside down. So I don't understand why he's not upside down in that this goddamn shark sense, cage. And would've it would have been way, way better. Way better. <laughs> the funniest part, though, when they made their entrance to the ring, mankind, Paul Bear, they come down to the ring. He's like begging. He's like, please, no, no please, don't. Shut the fuck but, up. But the best this part is they got into the ring and Jim Ross on Carter's will even fit in the cage. <laughs> that was hilarious. Wow, is he gonna fit in the cage, King Sassafras? Wow. Oh yeah, Undertaker's coming in, but he's like a bat. He's fucking Batman. <laughs> <laughs> he literally is dressed as Batman. He's got the wings. He's rappelling down from the rafters. I of- had no idea what the fuck was going on at first. And yeah. then I saw him and I was like, oh, shit. Okay. And he's literally rappelling down from the rafters of Madison Cube Garden. Cube? Yeah. Oh, my God. So Undertaker with the intimidation tactics on Paul Bear, the only way for Paul Bear to escape because there's no way he could jump out of the ring fast enough to get away from the Undertaker. So he goes into the shark cage, the entire thing that he did not want to do in the first place just to get away from the Undertaker. What a dummy. Yeah, I don't know. Anyways, he gets in the cage. They start hoisting it up to the rafters. Like, fucking run for us. Yeah, get it. Run for us. Run, run, Bear, run. Like, get out of there. No, he goes into the shark cage. And they start bringing him up to the top of the rafters of Madison Triangle Garden. And he's not upside down. And he's and not I'm upside disappointed. down. And as he's going up, there's a cage cam. There's a cage cam. There's Get a it camera. together, WWE. <laughs> there's, there's a camera right in the cage. So you can hear Paul oh. Bear the entire match. And me down. My eye was twitching the entire fucking time. There's some serious rage from Aaron when we were watching this. 
So yeah, there's the cage cam. I do love the psychology of this match. Undertaker's not really super well known for just doing wrestling moves or having any kind of tactic where he starts to attack a limb. He, no, he's he's like he's not a slow and he's like methodical. Yes, like very really thinks about what he's doing and does like the most impact. Exactly. But with this one, he's doing drop toe holds and he's going after the fingers of the mandible claw. Genius wrestling. Honestly, his psychology is great. He steps on and he slams it. He throws it up against the steel stairs, against the ring posts, everything. Like this is a really smartly worked match by The Undertaker. Cafe brother. <laughs> but he's doing the small joint manipulation. He's thinking he's Pete Dunne or Zack Sabre Jr. like 20 years before. But what did you say about mankind? What he? What do you think he would smell like if you met him in real life? He looks like he would smell like shit. Mm, yeah, he kind of does look like he would smell like shit. Undertaker with his fireman's carry and his drop toll holds working this mat wrestling classic. He's also got the teardrop tattoo. Do you think he's killed anybody in prison I before? I mean, he's the Undertaker. Yeah, that's true. He's He's Kinda killed makes lots sense. of people. <laughs> you also like to say that Paul Bear sounds like a six-year-old girl throughout this match. Yes, he does. It's yeah. annoying. Very true. And now you're coming to the point where you're realizing how useless referees are in professional wrestling matches. Fucking useless. Babe, cut a promo on wwe referees like fucking pay attention to your fucking job (laughs) you have a job you're there for a fucking reason fucking do it do it i could do it from home and do a better job and do a much better fucking job than they could yeah totally useless take away their paychecks fire them fuck off go away it's the entire point of wrestling referees they like that annoying bitch that's like a current referee Aubrey Edwards. Oh, she drives me insane. And her makeup is atrocious. I'm sorry. Girl, get a makeup artist. Hopefully Aubrey doesn't listen to this podcast one day. I'm sorry. But honey, she's just very annoying. Undertaker's able to get mankind up for the tombstone pile driver. Gotta admit, babe. The Tombstone Piledriver, that's a pretty sick finisher. Out of all the finishers you've seen so far, you know, the sweet chin music, the power bomb, the running power slam, the stone cold stunner. A lot of them look the same to me. But this one brings him upside down, puts his head in between where his knees are and drops down and drives his head into the mat. Isn't there another pretty devastating thing? It's a pile driver, but it's just the other way around. But this is the tombstone pile driver because he has him kind of facing basically 69 position and (laughs) drive position. (laughs) They drive the head into the mat. Uh And then he does the cover (laughs) where he puts his head, arms over his body like he's in a casket like Mm -hmm. he's dead they cross his arms and then he gets the big one two sometimes you sleep like that you know 
Yeah, because I'm the it's fucking really undertaker. <laughs> I sometimes look over and I'm like, why do you have your arms crossed over your chest? Are you dead? Because the undertaker I, like, just gave plug me your nose and wait for you to like. The undertaker gave me a tombstone paw driver in my dreams. And now he's covering <laughs> me for the one, two, three, just like you did to mankind in this match. Now, after the match, post match. The shark cage starts lowering from the rafters oh, I couldn't wait. of Madison Rhombus Garden. <laughs> oh, it Lord. slowly lowers into the ring. And of course, the second that door opens, what happens? The Undertaker is going to absolutely destroy Paul Bear and Aaron's dreams and her wishes will come true. But it didn't fucking happen. And I'm pissed. Who about came it. out from Monday Night Raw? With the scythe, the executioner saves the day and Paul Bear does not get his comeuppance. He runs away. Undertaker takes out executioner and Paul Bear lives to fight another day. I was disappointed the rest of the pay-per-view because of that. (laughs) We got a great one-on-one match between Mankind and Undertaker and then it moves to a not-so-great elimination style Survivor yeah, I didn't like that one. I didn't match. pay attention. I was playing a game on my phone the whole time because I was just so bored of it. Now, this is the first one. This is this is the second of three. So this is the one. Uh, Sunny comes out. Sunny comes out, the most downloaded woman off the internet of the late 90s. Mm-hmm. Sunny, pre-alcoholism. <laughs> she comes out. She joins Jim Ross and Vince McMahon on commentary because Jerry the King Lawler has left the commentary table to be in this next match. That is his team Mark Marrow versus team Hunter Hurst Helmsley. You said Triple H looks like a Disney prince here? Yes. Total Disney prince vibes. Quite the cavalcade of talent we have in this backstage interview. It's Triple H Gold Dust. <laughs> He's got the ultimate glitter juice he rolls and bathes in that shit he drinks it he has it for breakfast lunch and dinner triple h not triple h yet he's actually still hunter Hearst helmsley the androgynous he's androgynous damn it he's not gay he's androgynous damn it the androgynous gold dust who looks like a golden chicken mcnugget in aaron's words yes The King Jerry Lawler, fresh off the commentator table and instilled into this match, and Jailbird Crush with the face tattoo. They take on the team of Barry Windham, the stalker, doing his best Hulk Hogan impersonation. (laughs) That was so funny. I was like, oh, it's Wish.com Hulk Hogan. Wish.com Hulk Hogan. Guys, I dressed up as Hulk Hogan a few years ago for Halloween one year and won a costume contest. It was awesome. It was great. Wish.com Hulk Hogan teaming up with Jake the Snake Roberts, a really haggard looking Jake the Snake (laughs) Roberts here. But he brings in the snake either way. You know, Damien gets his shit in like he should. Everyone freaks out and I'm like, guys, it's just a snake. It's fine. It's just chilling there. Andre the Giant was actually terrified of snakes. I'm not. I'm not either. I think they're cool. Like if you were like, hey, let's get a snake. I'd be like, fuck yeah, let's get a snake. Also teaming up with them is marvelous Mark Merrill. Not quite marvelous, but wild man Mark Merrill with Sable. And they have one. He was annoying. Why was she annoying? She just kind of stood there. She just nice was titties. just like 
ringside and she's like slapping the like the apron oh i hated it i'm like just stop you look like a spoiled fucking bitch enough you'll be seeing lots more of sable going forward you're stoked about it oh yes i'm not nine-year-old sean was very stoked to see sable on monday night raw and 34-year-old sean looking back at it will be very stoked to watch sable going forward oh no just like he's stoked to watch peyton from one tree hill ew don't be weird the final team member of this team with mark marrow is the debuting baby boy baby boy rocky maya via with the jerry curl (laughs) now he got this name third generation superstar not the biggest movie star yet in the entire world that's notwithstanding it's rocky maya via one part rocky johnson one part peter maya via third generation superstar blue chipper he's gonna work so hard and he's gonna do so well and he can't wait to put in 110 you know he actually did really well and that's the thing he has his first match it's at madison rectangle garden that did sound very forced I'm sorry, but if you're trying to make me change it, I'm like, you know what? I'm confused. In his debut match, Rocky Maivia, he wins. He is the sole survivor. It's down to two on one. I'm glad he did. And He's he just wins. so cute. He is very cute back then. His, he's his, adorable. His mannerisms. He's like only like 25 years old at this point. He's full of piss and vinegar. He's down two on one. He gets the cross body on Crush. And then he beats the androgynous Gold Dust with his finisher, the Shoulder Breaker. He's using the Shoulder Breaker as his finisher in his first match. What did you think of Rocky's performance here? I thought he was great. I don't know. I mean, I don't watch wrestling on the reg, so... But now you will. Oh, Lord. No, thank you. I don't think, like, before watching wrestling, I don't think I've seen as many men's thighs, like, all together in (laughs) one arena, like, just out there as I have. There's a lot of underwear and knee pads and men's thighs going on in wrestling. Yeah. No, it's, uh, it's different for me. I don't know. (laughs) you'll get used to it (laughs) all right we're leading into the match of the night i think you and i would both agree this is the match of the night the aforementioned huge battle between the returning brett the Mm. hitman heart and the love of your life and the love of my life bay what the fuck i'm supposed to be bay dude stone cold steve austin was bay when i was like nine years old Okay, so wow. he's got seniority. Rude. You put a ring on it for me. But Austin put a ring on it for me. Oh, Lord. A squared circle, <laughs> that is. I don't even know what that is. Like, why? That doesn't make sense. It's a square ring. Why is it called a square just, circle? Just, 
do some research. Stone Cold Steve Austin, Brett the Hitman Hart. This is their first meeting. Austin's gone out on Monday Night Raw. Superstars every week. He says, if you put the letter S in front of Hitman, that's my exact opinion of him. So he's been just tearing down Brett for months, saying that he is the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. He's the legend. He is the one that is going to take down Brett Hart in his big comeback match, his first match since WrestleMania back in March, where he lost in a 60-minute Ironman match to Shawn Michaels. And he went. He left to go film a TV show called Lonesome Dove. That <laughs> Sounds weird. It was a cowboy show. Oh, Lord. And Bret Hart no played thanks. the lead cowboy. No, thanks. And it did not get picked up. Oh, good. <laughs> so he came back to wrestling because he <laughs> needed a paycheck. And he is one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. So going Debatable. into this match. <laughs> don't, even, don't even go there, brother. So right off the hop, you get uh, Bret in his promo. And Bret was never that great on the stick. But going forward in 97 sounds like you were starting to talk about hockey there i mean he does own part of the calgary hitman and the whl eh, whatever but stick meaning microphone okay so how good is he at promos he was never a great promo guy but going into 97 you'll see brett's improvement with promos oh boy just you wait for 1997 oh boy <laughs> oh boy 1997 that's a hella oh, jolly that is a <laughs> That is a hell of a year in wrestling, 1997, and we will both thoroughly enjoy it. But yeah, going into the uh, match, debatable Brett, again. It, you'll thoroughly enjoy it, believe me. If I can thoroughly enjoy One Tree Hill, you can thoroughly enjoy the greatest oh, year in professional wrestling. I can't wait until you wrestling. get to season three of One Tree Hill. That's oh, going to be great. So going into the match, Brett cuts his promo. Austin, he's just ready to go. He is the ice man. He is Stone Cold Steve Austin. He stretches to the ring. He hits the corners. He flips the bird to Brett the Hitman Hart right away. They go I mean, face to me. face. <laughs> and he just flips him right the fuck off. It is hilarious. And if you're not watching this, which you can't because we're not filming it. You can see that Aaron is flipping me the bird right now. I do it a lot. She does it a lot. <laughs> so, yeah. So, it's a great match. Very hard-fought battle. They go back and forth. Austin actually, he he's looking better in this match. He, he is dominating for a good part of this match. He's going after Brett. He's intense. He's giving Brett everything he can handle. I love uh, one of the spots where Stone Cold Steve Austin, he did the slingshot, you know, where the guy's down and he picks him up by the legs and he falls back and he slingshots him into the post. And he did that to the announce table. Mm -hmm. And uh, Hugo Savinovich was the Spanish announcer and Austin flung like slingshot Brett right into Hugo Savinovich. Mm -hmm. There is a thing about Spanish announce tables in wrestling. Yeah, I was hearing that. Yeah, it's they, always them that get hit. It, if a table's going to break, it's not the English announce table. It's always, always the Spanish, the Spanish announce announcers. table. Poor Spanish like, announcers. And guys. going forward, it, yeah, you're just going to see an absolute ton of the why poor Spanish us? announcers. I don't know why, but uh, it's just the way it's it is. funny. And then with Vince McMahon all over this match again with commentary. Oh, that's Why? Why? That's why they he's always at hit the, the table. Spanish why guy. would they hit Vince McMahon's table? Yeah, he's the owner. He's the fucking owner. But they don't want you to know that. But Steve Austin has come out prior to this on television saying that we all know you're the owner and blah blah blah. So it's he shades Vince. Obvious. But Vince doesn't want anybody knowing. But eventually, we get to a point where Vince just embraces it. Yeah, whatever. 
So heel Austin. Austin is a complete 100% heel going into this match, but that fickle New York crowd, they just want to cheer Stone Cold. Well, yeah, everyone wants to cheer on the badass, right? Especially in New York. (laughs) The finish of the match, it's pretty... The only issue I had with it is that Brett has done it before. WrestleMania 8, he worked Roddy Roddy Piper, and it was the same kind of finish where Roddy Piper had the sleeper hold on Bret Hart, and then he jumped into the corner like feet first, pushed him over, and then ended up covering Roddy for the three. And that's exactly what this finish was. Mm-hmm. Harkening back to Austin's ringmaster days when he was managed by Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase, he used the Million Dollar Dream sleeper hold as his finish. Now he slaps on the Million Dollar Dream to finish off Brett the Hitman Hart. Okay. And Brett pushes off the top rope with his feet, goes for the cover. Austin doesn't let the sleeper hold go and gets pinned. He gets caught for mm-hmm. the three count. Austin. Almost fought a perfect match, but one small mistake is all it took for Brett to capitalize and win this match. You fucked up, bro. But you did predict that Brett would win his big comeback match. I did. I was right on like that. You're a lot, so far almost all of it. So far, you're two for two. You predicted Undertaker correctly, and you predicted Brett. I mean, Hart obviously, I didn't do any predictions for the eight man shit. Because why would you? Because why? The big ones I predicted, so I'm two for two. Yes. So after this match, you know, going forward that this feud is nowhere near being over. Austin, you're going to have to kill the guy to be done with him. And Austin's (laughs) gone on record to say that. No murder. Sometimes there's murder. You'll (laughs) see. Sometimes there's murder. Oh, Lord. What am I getting myself into? Sometimes murdering of animals, too. What the fuck? I don't like that. We'll get there. Oh, no. Why? That's sad. So post-match, we get back to the backstage, and Mr. Ramen Noodle Hair himself, Psycho Sid, (laughs) he's wearing a white backwards baseball cap that makes it look like he's wearing, like, uh, a yarmulke or what what it's a, a toque or something i don't know what i thought it was like i just remember because of his hair it's kind of like a ramen noodle mullet um you couldn't see like the brim of the hat at all when it was backwards on his head yeah unless he turned his head slightly then you could see the black brim so i have no idea why he was wearing this (laughs) hat so funny but classic yeah classic sid promo does not move his teeth for one second I am the master and ruler of the world. So we're going to have the big main event match later on. But first, we have to sit through this absolute garbage trash minus five star. This is the elimination match where I didn't even want to watch this match. This is the, the only notable thing about this match is that. Farouk or Farik. or as you like to call him Farik, he made his debut as Nation of Domination Farouk with PG thirteen, the white guys who are wrapping him to the ring. They're great. They're great. I'm not a rap. JC Ice and Wolfie D, they're awesome. I am not into rap at all. Doesn't matter. PG thirteen's awesome. Pop PG- punk all the way. No rap, please. PG-13 is awesome. Uh, Farouk 
teaming with ugh, cringe fake Razor Ramon and fake Diesel. Don't even want to go into that. Luckily, that angle is almost over. <laughs> I've explained it to you before. I don't need to explain anymore. They team three of them team with Vader, not Darth Vader. Darth Vader. Just Vader. Big Van Vader, not Darth Vader. And they take on the team of Savio Vega, Yokozuna, who is now 600 pounds at this point. He He's a big boy. I was boy. really nervous that we were going to see some ass cheeks. <laughs> Luckily, his like thong, <laughs> like pants, like covers up everything nicely. Luckily. Okay, good. <laughs> we get the surprise team member, Jimmy Superfly, the murderer Snooka. He murdered his girlfriend in a hotel room and didn't get caught. It's like a an OJ thing going on there. And... Should this be on a Bailey Sarian murder mystery makeup? <laughs> Honestly, episode? it probably should be. That's, Jimmy Snuka. That'd be great. Jimmy Snuka and his girlfriend. And the other team member of this Savio Vega team, Flash Funk with his funkettes, all decked out in He's pimp. a pimp. He's decked He's out. A pimp. In, He's decked out in the pimp juice. <laughs> He's definitely got it going on. Nothing notable about this match, unfortunately, because after Diesel takes out Savio and he gets eliminated, uh, Jimmy Superfly Snooky gets the Superfly Splash, and the crowd goes mild, even for the Superfly yeah, Splash. Yeah, it was boring. And after that, they just throw it out. Double DQ. Everybody gets DQ'd. They're cutting it for time. No one gives a shit. Luckily, Farouk and the Nation of Domination would be something going forward but at this point they're just kind of getting their feet wet it is what it is and now we are here the main event the (laughs) world wrestling federation championship on the line used to be friends now they are bitter enemies that was a quick flip because like the last like thing we watched they were buddies, and then he got but kicked in the face. But what you didn't see was how how long they had been buddies prior to that. You just picked it up at a certain point. You don't know what happened in 95, 94, 93. Nor do I care. They had a friendship for a while. So, But like you, a kick in the face changes that? After all the flack that they Which is like an through. accident. Yeah, but there's been other things that happened prior to that. It's not just that. That was basically just like the the last straw. Like, dudes, hug it out. In either way, Sid has the title shot. So it's mm-hmm. Sid versus Shawn Michaels, HBK. Survivor Series main event. I like how Sid comes out. And, you know, who's the man? He loves to say who's the man, but he never says that he's the man. He just says who's the man. So no one really knows who the man is. No one's the man. No one's the man. He gets in the ring and he has his little cute little little Sid sparklers, his little spooters. (laughs) (laughs) It's like New Year's. He's got his little sparklers. They spell out Sid. It's very cute. Mm, Adorable. Very adorable. And then prom king Shawn Michaels hits the ring. And here we go. It's Prom King. It's Prom King Michaels against Ramen Noodle Mullet Sid. Sid's getting him up for the Gorilla Press a couple times. You know, he loves the Gorilla Press because he likes to grab that dick and those ass cheeks. Oh, he totally does. He did it so much. And his finisher is the Powerbomb. What do you do in the Powerbomb? You lift the guy up. You get his his dick in his face and 
great they finish. love that move it's a great finish you gotta love it but the big takeaway here is that going into this match sid was you know face ish like pretty face and Shawn michaels is he's the longtime champion but now sid's getting the big cheers Shawn michaels the big face getting booed in yeah New that York. was kind of weird the fans just started to turn on Sean in this match, and it was kind of out of left field. People I mean, were really, again, New York. They're fickle. Yeah. They're fickle. They were getting behind Sid big time. Anytime Sean was getting, you know, putting a few moves together and, and looking good, man, the crowd was shitting on It's very surprising, but again, it is New York. Mm-hmm. Fans mm-hmm. were getting behind Sid, so we finally get to kind of the closing of the match. It's a good match. There's some good stuff going on and and with sean going after the leg small guy uses brain joint manipulation go after the leg smart strategy Mm -hmm. but then there's a couple times in the corner where the cameraman was in the corner and sid kept pushing him out of the way so he did it earlier in the match and you didn't really think anything of it and then he does it again and literally sid steals the camera away from the cameraman just grabs it away from him it's like fuck you this is mine now what does he do does he go after sean with it no because he get disqualified if he hit sean with the camera he hits jose lothario mm-hmm. who's probably 103 years old at this point oh my god <laughs> i don't know how old he was at this point but he was pretty old and he hit jose lothario sean michael's trainer mentor everything to sean michaels he hits him with the camera he falls off the the apron goes to the floor and feigns a he's heart like, attack he looks like he's stroking he's out having issues he's having like, some issues i feel like sean michaels like he just got distracted by it he was distracted he's concerned and like i feel like at that point like they should have just thrown out the match thrown out the match and been like look like if someone has an injury like this like if someone is in this bad of a situation especially because of one of the wrestlers in the match like what the actual fuck at like, this that point is stupid at this point in the business though no one gave a shit no one gave a shit somebody could be so badly <sighs> hurt but they make them continue the match now it's just like a guy's bloody they'll stop the match check his cut if a guy's hurt they'll stop the match but back then man no fucks given good thing they got their fucking shit together with that because like they eventually did man i'd be I was like watching it and I was like, what the actual fuck is happening? Can someone help him? So unlike WrestleMania 12 when Jose Lothario was pointing to the sky to see Shawn Michaels in the rafters coming down to the ring, Jose Lothario was pointing to his chest because he's having a fucking heart attack on ringside. Uh, <laughs> but what does Sid rough. do? Sid doesn't give a shit. Shawn Michaels is checking on his mentor, Jose. What does Sid do? He takes that same uh, camera and smashes the shit out of Shawn Michaels, throws him back in the ring, power bomb, one, two, okay, three. Okay, so why was he allowed to hit him with the camera in that point, but he couldn't hit him with the camera before, so he hits. Aha, uh-huh. so he didn't want to hit Shawn Michaels with the camera at first because the referee was Oh, right the referee there. wasn't paying but attention. But the referee took a ref bump and he was down. Oh, yeah. So he's gonna hit michaels oh, with the camera because fucking God. once There's again like the re- thousands of people in the audience couldn't they be like hey motherfucker 
figure your shit out. The ref is the law. Maybe have two refs, like have one on hand just as a backup so you can like jump in and be like, hey, fuck you, piece of shit. You'd think with the history of wrestling that they would have a backup referee. And sometimes they do where a referee's down and another referee comes in, counts the three. This was not one of those times. Oh, Power bomb. so convenient. So convenient. Power bomb. One, two, three. We have a new World Wrestling, wrestling Federation champion. Wrestling pisses me off. <laughs> it, it could piss me off, too. One, two, three. We got a new champ. The prediction was incorrect this time. You thought Shawn Michaels was going to go over, yeah, but fuck Psycho that shit. Sid, he figured it out. If, I feel like if Psycho Sid, like if the ref like if everything worked out mm-hmm. the way it really should have Shawn michaels probably would have won the match yes but like that is such a fucking bullshit turn of events and i don't like that and sean was just so distraught seeing jose lothario literally stroking out oh in front yeah of his he's eyes. like calling for help oh yeah yeah he had he had didn't want anything to do with the match at that no, point he just he wanted to make done. sure he was okay he was mentally checked out of that match but Sid took advantage, mm. and at this point, I don't like it. He's the world champ. So now that Bret Hart has won the number one contendership match against Stone Cold Steve Austin earlier in the night, now we're getting Sid versus Bret at the December pay per view for the world title. Mm-hmm. So, what did you think of this pay per view as a whole? Thoughts? Uh, there was some lameness. There's stuff that pissed me off. You know, standard good, wrestling shit. Some good matches though, too. Yeah, the Sid Sean match was great i thought the Brett Other, until the match. end until the end that really i think that kind of put that one triggered on, you a little bit i think that was my second least favorite match only because of that because yeah that's not cool undertaker's joint manipulation of the man that was ball. awesome i love that that, was, <laughs> that was probably my favorite just because yeah that little pussy bitch in the shark cage like fuck off <laughs> I wish they could have muted him. He's awful, but still, it was it was pretty awesome to see him like shitting himself. So unfortunately, Paul Bear didn't get his comeuppance. So yeah, I could see why he went like that. And extra tasselly tassel boots bulldog Aww. getting kicked tassel out so early in that match. Very unfortunate. Miss him for me. My favorite <laughs> match definitely. If Austin's on the card, most time he's going to be it's my favorite match. Be the favorite. But to be fair, that was a very good match. Yeah, Stone that was. Cold and Brett, it was a great that match. Was. Worst match by far, The Nation versus Vader's team. Just an absolute clusterfuck. We didn't need that on the show. They should have just taken it off. But at least it introduced us a little bit to Farik with The Nation. <laughs> I like that you called him Farik. Uh, gonna have to use that <laughs> That's now. so great. But The Nation of Domination will be a big part of things in the future. Okay, let's get on to some One Tree Hill. This is the best part for me. Do we really? Yeah. <sighs> This is the deal. I would watch wrestling and talk about wrestling with you if you watch One Tree yeah, Hill actually, and talk One Tree Hill with me. We just talked about wrestling for forty nine minutes, so yeah, yeah, it's my turn. It's your. It's my turn. All right, let's get into it. So it is your turn. It's One Tree Hill episode two, September thirtieth, two thousand three. The places you have come to fear the most. The mankind you have come to fear the most. <laughs> We're fresh off Lucas with the big dub going over Nathan in the prior episode with the winning shot. And we go back to Lucas on the river court in the first scene, just playing a little ball, getting ready. Mm-hmm, he's going to play for the game. He's got a game, but 
his mom, Karen, does not want to go to Lucas's first varsity high school basketball game. She uses the excuse of needing the business mm-hmm. for Karen's what cafe. What do you think the real reason the was? The real reason is quite obvious. She doesn't want to face Dan because exactly. she knows Dan's going to be there. He's a Dan's fucking Dan's a dick. fucking heel and a half. Ugh. He doesn't want to see her no she doesn't want to see him she does not want to face him she doesn't want to step one single foot in that gymnasium because she knows who will be there mm-hmm. but uses the excuse for needing the business for karen's cafe it's unfortunate because i understand her sentiment but at the same point she really should be there for her son's she first should. big basketball game okay so what did you think about raven ravenshoops.com that really dates this episode back to 2003 because we've got another webcast just like America Online for WWE and the Superstar line, which the number is no longer available. Believe me, I tried to call that number. It's no longer available. Oh, God. I wonder if I went to ravenshoops.com right now, what would come up? Don't you just love how that came up, though? That. Like Whitey being like, no media. No media. <laughs> and here's Jimmy and, and Mouth all stoked thinking they're actual media i love whitey like can we talk about how whitey whitey is he definitely reminds me of like the old school like coach where he's kind of a hard ass but he's got a soft spot and a nice heart and you know he's won championships in the past he's just an old soul but he's a sweet dude. I actually really like this guy. He's one I of my love, more favorite characters. But what I don't him. get is that they had named the gymnasium after Whitey. Now, I understand why. But at the same point, normally a gymnasium is not going to be named after a current coach. Usually it's after they retire. Mm. It's usually after they're no longer involved. Then they name them the gymnasium or the school or whatever after someone but it'll he's still be a explained coach. later on oh, through the show okay okay well not like quite explained but you kind of get an see idea the reasoning why. behind it I'm yeah okay with that i'm okay with that so going into it we get that first basketball game for lucas and we get the first appearance of Adolf Oliver Bush. Oh my God, you are disgusting. I would Adolf Oliver Bush. Um, so rude. Brooke Davis, played by Sophia Bush. Mm-hmm. She's quite obviously interested in Lucas right oh, off yeah, the hop. Oh yeah, he's the new guy. He's the new guy. New he's, guy on the team, like new not new in team. school, but. But what does Lucas Obviously, do? she's into like basketball and cheerleading and all that shit, right? So thing. she's she's like, a prep. She's she a total prep. She just sees the jocks. She just sees the jocks. She wants the D. The guys on the team. It's Chad Michael Michael. I mean, who doesn't want the D? You know what's so great though? What? Sophia Bush and Chad Michael Murray were married in real, in life, real life. And they got married. That didn't go so well after a little while, but that's neither here mm-hmm. nor there. Mm-hmm. And what does Lucas do in this game? As every other 17, 16 year old male would do when some hot chick is watching them play basketball, absolutely suck shit the entire game and play like human garbage. <laughs> Poor Lucas. The bright lights are there. It's the big city. And man, he's not playing like LeBron James. No. That's for sure. He's not playing like Michael Jordan. No. Which he would like to play like Michael Jordan, but he definitely is not. He's a Blake Griffin or a Draymond Green at best. Mm -hmm. Very unfortunate showing for him. Cannot make a shot to save his life. 
Yeah. It's pretty sad. So poor guy, Lucas, just played the worst game of his life. And then, of course, Nathan, him and Peyton are making out in in his his vehicle. And he's just laughing the whole time. He's not even paying attention to his girlfriend. He's just thinking about how shit How can you be in a car with Peyton making out with her and not think about that girl the entire time? You would be Nathan. You would be a dog shit human being. And you would only think about how badly Lucas played. Yeah, it was it was rude. And Peyton obviously gets pissed off. First of all, her boyfriend does not give a shit about being there with her, like truly. And he's just making fun of this kid. And it's just like, bro, you're rude. Like this isn't this isn't fair. And she obviously gets, you know, she's trying to make out with her boyfriend. And he's like, then he kicks her out of the car. Well, she gets out because she's pissed. Yeah, but he leaves her there. He well, just takes off. Because he told her to get back in, and she was like, no, I'm not getting back in with you. So he throws her CD, mm-hmm. which she says was hard to find. Yes. It was an import. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, he drives off after throwing her CD out the car window. That's instant termination if you throw my CDs out the fucking window, especially in 2003 when CDs were the only modicum of media for music back then, right? besides Napster. <laughs> you yeah next karen has a little conversation with lucas karen definitely regrets not being at that game she has her reasons but unfortunately lucas does shade her a little bit Mm -hmm. does not look too good on karen for missing that game yeah i mean she missed her her only son i get it though basketball game but i see it from both sides yeah i i see it from that like his side that like you need someone in the audience that you can look at and be like okay everything's okay Mm -hmm, i got support she wasn't there and you know it's just hard and then um you know, obviously Haley was there, mm-hmm. but it's still, it's you need your mom. Sometimes you just need your mom. You do need your mom in your corner, especially at such a high point, a huge game like that. And that definitely helped account to his shitty play. Mm-hmm. And then we get to my favorite scene of the episode. Dan, heel Dan, cuts the heel <laughs> promo of the century. He's watching back game film. Nathan scored 28 points in this game. They, mm-hmm. show a, they show a clip where Nathan's getting double teamed, and he passes the ball off to his teammate, and he hits the basket, gets the two points. Nathan gets the assist. Mm-hmm. And Dan heels out on his own son and says, 30. Why did you why did you pass that there? Why'd you pass yeah. that there? I was getting double teamed. Yeah. You should have just taken the shot. Thirty points. Thirty points would have looked better to the scouts, don't you think? <laughs> Dude, Fucking Dan. <laughs> what a heel. Dick. <laughs> Every episode, this guy is such a fucking heel. His mm. son scores twenty eight points in a varsity game and he's pissed that he didn't get thirty. You missed something though. What did I miss? So before that happens. Um, Lucas is, uh, like, he's kind of pissed. Does he talk so to he's Haley? At, he's at the basketball, like, the river court. Mm-hmm. And Peyton shows up there. Yeah, they talk. And they kind of talk, and then he, like, offers her a ride. Because, obviously, in the last episode, her car broke down. Mm-hmm. So, she doesn't have a vehicle. She's just walking home. And so, he offers her the ride. And now we're getting, after that scene with Dan and Nathan... 
Peyton is in his truck. And the they're truck. at Peyton's house now. Yeah. Yeah. And Peyton invites Lucas in. Mm-hmm. Or she says, do you want to come in? And then he gets out of the truck and follows her to the door. Goes and she's like, door. what the hell are you doing? And he's like, I thought you wanted me to come in. And she's like, I asked if you wanted to come in. I didn't invite you in. Psych slams the fucking door in his face. The end. <laughs> pretty hilarious. Yeah. So Peyton, she's in her house. She's webcamming. Mm-hmm. Punk and disorderly. Basically the 2003 version of Chatterbait. <laughs> Nathan keeps calling her. She picks up she hangs up on him he she keeps trying like, puts the phone like turns the music turns up the music full right blast up. she's like yeah, drawing holds the phone and yeah it's it's pretty great it's a pretty good scene love that i love Peyton's energy in nathan, that yeah it's great but nathan i'm so sorry babe i didn't mean to leave i'm sorry i didn't do this you're a fucking pussy bro mm-hmm. okay get over it mm. Yeah, he's uh, he's not great to her, and it really sucks. Oh, he's a piece of shit to her, one hundred percent. He's an absolute piece of shit to her. Mm-hmm. So we go back to the river court, and Lucas is clanging literally every shot off. I've I've never like I when I practice basketball, I'm gonna hit at least a shot. There's not gonna be a time where I play for like thirty minutes and not I mean, hit a single fair, fucking shot. He couldn't even hit a layup. He couldn't on. even hit a layup. Chills for a sec. So Chad Michael Murray is not a basketball player by trade. Yeah, he's a football player. He's a football player. Um, So very like Cinderella story. Like his character in Cinderella story was a football player. Mm -hmm. This is very different for him. So him missing shots. He wasn't acting. him in like (laughs) real life. He wasn't acting. (laughs) That's a shoot, brother. Uh, That's pretty great. That's a shoot, brother. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we get our first class scene. Second episode, this entire show is based around kids at a school, and we finally get a class scene. They're in class. They're learning. This teacher. They're learning. They're learning something. I don't know. They're learning something. Mm -hmm. So what is the context of what's going on here with the one word describing kind of shit? It's a... It was like an author kind of thing. I don't quite recall like exactly who it was, but they had to have use one word to describe another classmate. Right. And the teacher asked Peyton to describe Lucas with one word. And what is he? What does she say? She says choke. Ooh. And uh, <coughs> then he, the teacher asks Lucas to respond to Peyton's. Lonely. Yeah, he says lonely. Mm. And then uh, (laughs) fucking Nathan, such Mm. a dick. He puts his hand up and he's like, I have a word to describe, Lucas. Bastard. And then a fight Mm. breaks out. Here we go. Lucas attacks. But then like later on when they're in the uh, locker room to get Mm. ready for practice, um, Nathan's like going on like, oh, yeah, I was beating the shit out of Lucas like Which I in, was the one on top like yeah. whatever and then Jake Jagelski is like 
actually, I heard that this is what happened, and uh, yeah, he fucking tied you up like a pretzel, man. They, <laughs> he went right at him like Lucas got him in the collar and elbow tie up. He gave Jagelski. He gave him mm. the double leg. Shot the double leg. Got on top of him. He oh would have got God. the one, two, three. We know for sure if this was a straight up so catches catch can classic. He would have got the one, two, three. Favorite One Tree Hill parts are when fighting is involved because he can like relate it to wrestling. I can relate most of this show to wrestling, uh-huh. especially the drama aspects to it. Uh-huh. So we, now we've established that Nathan especially thinks that Jagelski is shit because he can't hit a free throw to save his life. Uh, yeah. And then they're in uh, the girls, Brooke and uh, Peyton are in Peyton's room. And they're listening to some music. Yeah. And uh, Brooke asked Peyton if she's listened to the new Beyonce. So in 2003 time, we're talking about like crazy in love Beyonce with yeah. Jay-Z. Yeah. That's like that era Beyonce. Oh, I remember that. Oh, everybody remembers crazy in love. But of course, Peyton doesn't listen to no fucking Beyonce. Yeah. And then Brooke's like, oh, I get it. You're all Gwen Stefani and a badass. And it's Gwen really Stefani's funny. not a badass. She's like talking about how Peyton gets up and like with her cheer squad, like she's up there with the rest of them. And then um, Peyton's like, uh, Gwen Stefani's not a badass. Mm, mm. <laughs> so we go to Keith's body shop and he's talking with Lucas. Lucas always tries to go to Keith for some advice. He just needs well, a I little. Well, I mean, that's his uncle and it's like it's the closest figure. thing that he's had to a father because his real exactly. dad, Keith's brother, he's is a, a fucking dick. Such a heel. Yeah, I hate him. So I like the line that Keith said. He said, Jordan sucks <laughs> in his first pro game, but he still got 16 points. <laughs> so great. Lucas can hit a goddamn shot to save his uh, life. Keith is actually, he's I definitely endeared himself to me. I think he's a great character. Oh, just wait. He's he's oh, literally no. the sweetest person. Okay. Yeah. And how he's friends with Keith. Uh, he's just such a gem. So Peyton does these sketches. Mm-hmm. She likes to sketch a little bit on and her pumpkin disorderly them, webcam. She left them in her car. Her yeah. sketches were in her car and there was, was a letter. Thick. She was going to send her sketches into Thud Magazine so that she could have like a little, I don't know, thing in the magazine. Yes. And uh, so Lucas finds these in the car. And, and he likes them. she's just going to like see when her car is going to be or pick up her car or something she's she's going to check out her shit and um she gets pissed off and uh says that you know it's her personal stuff and she doesn't read his diary he's like i don't have a diary as if lucas would have a diary and she's like oh really and starts like making fun of him like my daddy doesn't love me and like yeah Stayed yeah. on my stuff. Yeah, she shades him pretty hard. Yeah. But as you can see, there definitely still is some chemistry between these two. Oh, totally. It's an For it's inevitable. Sure. It's very obvious that there's something going on there or something will go on there mm-hmm. in the future. Mm-hmm. There's definitely lightning in a yeah some lightning in a bottle just waiting to happen Mm -hmm. because you know she's not going to be with nathan this long if he's going to continue to treat her like absolute shit Mm -hmm. 
So then Dan comes into like the backyard at their house. Nathan's working out, lifting some weights. And Dan says, so what's this I hear about a fight? And Nathan's like, oh, it's nothing, Dad. And he's like, did you win? (laughs) The most important thing is not you got in a fight, you got suspended or whatever happened. What are the repercussions of anything? It's did you fucking win? Yeah. Fucking bullshit. I hate Dan. Fucking Dan. Okay, and then next we have uh, Lucas. He's at uh, Karen's Cafe, his mom's cafe. And right across the street happens to be Thud Magazine. And Peyton is walking up. She's got her sketches in her hand. She's going to go in and submit them to Thud. And she chickens out. She doubts herself. She stops at the door, turns around. There's conveniently a garbage can right there. And Mm. she tosses her sketches in the trash. And Lucas witnesses this. And he goes out and he uh, picks them up. And he's kind of like, oh, like shit. So then him and his mom end up making up. They have... uh, little bit of a chat kind of figure out why Karen didn't want to be at the game how Lucas felt about the game Lucas is actually talking about quitting the team Mm -hmm. he's not so confident he played that one game and now he's like oh I'm not good at this it's literally one game get over your shit (laughs) but yeah it's uh you know just kind of that she kind of talks to him about it and talks him through it kind of tells him you know i don't think you should quit like you gotta make your own decision though that's right you grow the fuck up man the fuck up dan is such a dick mm-hmm. he is so conceited everything has to revolve around this guy yeah the whole entire world revolves like if somebody is somewhere and they do something if someone com- takes a shit it's better it better be on dan's watch <laughs> somebody takes a shit they're like oh that smells i wonder what dan's gonna feel like if i take this <laughs> shit because dan's gonna have something to say about oh, it yeah he's such an idiot so dan's going on this run with nathan they slow down they start chatting and we go back into a little bit of history some backstory of how dan was playing with the tree hill ravens when he was younger before he went to college and Whitey coached him. Mm-hmm. What are the feelings here from Dan oh, Dan, towards Whitey? Dan doesn't like Whitey. He feels like Whitey has held him back. Um, when in actuality, Dan was just so fucking full of himself and thought that he was the most important thing that has ever existed in the face of the earth. And Dan's yeah. world. He's trying to, you know, psych Nathan up and try and make Nathan play better by, you know, saying how important he was. And it's just not working. It's not working. It's not. Like, it seems like it would because at that point, Nathan is definitely, like, kind of leaning towards Dan tendencies at this point. He's mm-hmm. being an asshole, too. Yeah. But, you know... I can't wait for Nathan to kind of start to see through that because, yeah, his, well, his dad's a dick. You know, Shane McMahon was a a heel to start out. Yeah. Then he turned face. He he 
realize the error of his dad's ways. Mm-hmm. He wanted to be like his dad. He wanted to model his life and his career after his dad. But then he saw how evil of a motherfucker his dad is, mm-hmm. much like Nathan Scott, and had the big baby face turn eventually. Yeah, eventually. Um, so then Lucas decides, you know, he's going to play this game. He's something about Peyton's sketches has kind of changed his heart a little bit Mm -hmm. so he decides he's gonna play this game something has gotten him there and he makes friends with jake because lucas is in the school hallway and dan goes and says hey son and goes to give lucas nathan's bag like you give this to my boy and jake sees it and he can see that it's kind of affecting lucas yeah he's like don't let him don't don't let him take it and uh kind of trying to be that person that he can talk to before that uh before they get to that game though Mm -hmm. at the end of the episode where lucas is at the river court and he's he's clanging and banging again he's missing every fucking shot Mm. so nathan pulls up on the grass for some fucking reason every time they just pull up on the grass i feel bad for the greenskeepers i mean seriously <laughs> like the people that who mow park. these lawns poor guys man because they're just driving up fucking cars left right mm. and center on it and uh, he heals out again on lucas yeah. walks away and just like episode one lucas has to wind up and throw the 95 mile an hour heater oh my god the basketball so straight at Nathan, but unfortunately, because he sucks, he completely misses him. He and hits the car. He hits the car. <laughs> doesn't hit Nathan. So yeah. maybe he could correct that for the game. But yes, he's realizing now from Haley, from his mother, from mm-hmm. Keith, all these people in his corner giving him the advice that, yes, you may be a Scott and Dan will be there but you can't let this one piece of shit affect your talent yeah. and your life. So when Lucas goes to walk out onto the basketball court. What does he do? His name is ripped off the back of his jersey. He actually rips it off the back when they're still in the locker room. You don't see that it's gone until that. he turns around. He turns around walks and on the court. as he's walking on the court and you see that, you kind of see like... Dan's face kind of drop a little mm-hmm. bit. You and see his face change. And then you see, you see the like a plate. shot of yeah. the name like fall to the ground. Yep. And Scott Karen is, is there to see it. And she's got eyes to kill for Na- or for Dan. Mm-hmm. So it's all ties it up into a nice little bow at the end where Lucas finally gets into that second game and rips the last name off his jersey. And if I may make a prediction for episode three, dude fucking boss mows this shit. Probably mm. Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, 82 points this shit. Oh my God, I can't wait for you to watch it. He's going to fucking own it. You know <laughs> oh, he is. I'm you so know he's going to fucking own it. But the repercussions from that is... I could possibly see that, yeah, now he's Mr. Popular because he's the star basketball mm. player because now he's 
now Nathan is in Lucas's shadow because he is the guy. He's MJ, and Nathan is Scotty Pippen. But how does that kind of work with the school and the cheerleaders, the girls, and all the other guys on the team? Mm-hmm. That's what I'm girls interested like to Brooke, see. Girls like Brooke who are checking Lucas What's out. What's the dichotomy after Lucas has his big game? Because you know he's not going to suck in this one without that name on the back of his jersey. He's going to fucking boss melt this shit. Yeah, you'll have to see. I'm excited. I will. You get to watch another episode. I'm very excited for episode three. And we will be covering episode three in our next episode of the podcast. That kind of makes sense. You know, next episode of the show, next episode of the podcast. You know, it all kind of makes sense. (laughs) You know, we use a little bit of logic here at the Tree Hill Wrestling Federation podcast. But next week, next Monday, as we like to release our episodes every Monday around 10 a.m. in the morning Pacific time. You will hear episode three, episode three of Tree Hill, and it will be the November 18th episode of Monday Night Raw. Oh, joy. So make sure you like, subscribe (laughs) at Tree Hill. WF. WF. Dot dot podcast. podcast. That's so confusing to me. It should just be Tree Hill Wrestling Federation podcast. But that was too long. <sighs> it's too long. I guess so. Tree Hill at Tree Hill WF dot podcast, brother. At Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Stitcher, Spotify, Deezer. Amazon Music, D's Nuts. <laughs> You Google Podcast. It. I got it on Google Podcast finally, too. Tune in. You name it. We got it. Tree Hill Wrestling Federation Podcast. And what you're going to do when Tree Hill Wrestling Federation Podcast runs wild on you, brother. Oh, my Lord.